everybody, just a reminder that the City Girls Pod is a mature podcast. It's a mature show. It's adults only, and uh, it won't be for everybody. And so if you are not a, a fan of that kind of content being discussed, then we have tons of other stuff that you can listen to on the podcast. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the City Girls Pod. And this is a show where we are watching uh, back episodes of Sex in the City. And, and just like that, it's so much fun. We're so excited to talk about uh, season three. We have made it to season three already. It's season three, episodes one, two, and three today. I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Hi. And we have a special guest today. We have Megan Dorsey is here. She has been very supportive of the pod and just great. And we're so excited to have her with us. Thank you so much, Megan. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? This is their first time on the show. Sure. So um, my name is Megan. I have been listening to Rachel's Hallmarkies podcast for a few years. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. I'm from the Bay area. Yay. So were you, have you always been a big sex in the city fan? So I started watching sex in the city in college. I was uh, when I was a freshman in college. So that would have been like 2001 and a girl on our floor had season two, the VHS tape. That's how old I am. (laughs) And you know, back then we didn't have streaming. I don't even we had cable in our dorm room. So like we would just watch it over and over again. And then I got the like season three DVD and I was just, we would just watch them all over and over again. And then every time I'd go home, I'd watch it with my high school friends. So it just brings back so many memories. Yeah. You you got the upgrades, the DVD. Yeah. I got the the upgrade finally to the DVD. Well, that's great. <laughs> and well, then thank you for your support of Hallmarkies podcast. That means a lot uh, to, I know, to both Jax and I, uh, we really appreciate it. And, and you being so supportive of City Girls Pod it, from pretty early on, you uh, were commenting and messaging me and everything. And we really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's just so fun to talk about sex in the city. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't like, I, hadn't watched it probably like 10 years but then Mm -hmm. obviously I watched and just like that and then I was like now I have to watch Sex in the City (laughs) I know that we felt too yeah (laughs) we're like we gotta watch you're reminded yeah (laughs) well how are you doing Jax good it's been so great watching Sex in the City in chronological order from the beginning because I didn't watch it when it first aired and I am 99% sure that I've seen every episode many multiple times, but I've never done it in order and I've never done it with any sort of intentionality. So getting to hang out with like one of my greatest friends and talk about a show that I'm increasingly getting obsessed with. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's been so much fun. And and I agree. I had watched it mostly when it was on like TNT. Yeah, me too. And so (laughs) I, there was all over the place. Like I still, I'm shocked that we haven't gotten to the burger episode yet. I thought that that was yeah, way early on. Yeah, I guess not. It's way at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, and uh, so I had it all completely out of out of order. So it's been really really fun. Uh, but we are talking about season three, episode one. It's the Manhattan Quartet takes the ferry to Staten Island when Carrie is on the jury for the New York Fire Department's annual mail calendar final 
finalist selection together with a, uh, with a politician who's rather, in rather interested in her. Sam gets the hottest fireman in her opinion in her bed, but her fantasy of doing it with the fire station at the fire station proves less romantic than she's hoped. Charlotte's next dream print suddenly turns out too macho and Randa insists on proving her independence by refusing practical assistance. Steve volunteers when she is scheduled for laser eye surgery. So Jax, overall, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I really liked this one. I think that also when you start with something as iconic as the Staten Island Ferry that I've written a few times, um, never in the state that Charlotte was in when she went back home, but I, uh, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, I liked seeing this side of Carrie where she's able to have fun and put herself out there, but also not, you know, seeing her with Big, she's completely beholden to his schedule. And in this, I feel like she's valuing herself a little bit more and not just like bending to the will of the man, which I like. Yeah. What what do you think, Megan? Overall. I, uh, overall, this episode, I just love it so much. The fireman thing and the all the music. It was just so funny. I thought I really loved. Um, yeah, seeing the girls. I'll go to the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I mean, and you can give me John Slattery any day. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. He's so cute. So handsome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was big, I, I was a big Mad Men fan. I watched that show. And so I, I became, uh, I loved his character on there. Uh, him and Joan had such great chemistry uh, on that show. It, but uh, here he's, uh, he's an interesting character because he's a politician, but he's definitely non-traditional, I guess you could say. <laughs> We get more of that in the next episode, right. but I, I like this episode because I think it does what sex in the city does really well is you get, a, you get all of our girls and you get a topic that's, I think, interesting and still relevant to this day. Hmm. The whole idea of being rescued and that everybody needs to be rescued at a certain point, but that women don't want to be seen as being need to be rescued. And I personally, I thought Miranda was so annoying in this episode. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, it, just let people help you. Like when people are being ridiculous, like I hate it when women don't let men hold the door for them or something like that. Or they are like, Oh, don't do that. I'm like, just don't do that. Don't be that way. Like people are trying, we live in such a, a sometimes such a rude society that when people f turn their nose up against somebody trying to be polite and kind, it just irritates me. Yeah, I agree totally. And I am about as ardent as a feminist as you can get. Yeah. And if a man would like to open the door for me. Great. Chivalry is not dead. If a woman would like to open the door sure. for me. Great. I open the door for people. Like, as you said, Rachel, I think it's about politeness and there's no way that opening the door for someone is like a patriarchal thing. That's trying to suppress anyone like, right. or oppress anybody. So yeah, I completely agree. And I think that Miranda is also putting herself in harm's way by not letting someone take her home from a surgery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nonsensical at a certain point, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and she's just so rude to Steve. Uh, and 
I don't know, not willing to even have a discussion. And that frustrates me because I like Steve. And I just feel like it, it just, it feels almost, it feels like a cliche at a certain point that she's, she is not going to let anybody help her. And that's not independence. That's just being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <to me. laughs> you agree, Megan? Totally. I think, and it does make me feel a little differently about the whole and just like that thing because mm-hmm. she is like always pushing him away and mm. like I don't get it he's so great for you like he loves you for who you are like come on Miranda get over it you know yeah. it's like is she afraid of being hurt or what is the you know what is the reasoning behind it I I guess I don't sometimes I don't understand yeah and so then we also have this uh fireman uh, calendar competition. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. (laughs) Did you know that the fireman was, he was a real fireman. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a real, he was a real fireman with, uh, with the Staten Island, I think. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if all of them were real, but the one that Samantha gets with, it definitely was. She has a four alarmer. (laughs) His name is Ricky and he was basically, I think, supposed to be kind of a dumb lug is the idea. Uh, but yeah, Samantha, she is kind of a snob, I think. She was she seems- so rude to him when they were talking. Like he was like telling her about her, his niece and she's just like, you're hot. <laughs> it's like, yeah. have a conversation with him at least. Because mm-hmm. like- she's not like she's obviously free and liberated in some ways, but she's not like a hippie, you know, or somebody like that. That's, that's just like free mind, free and open-minded and everything like that. She's actually kind of a snob. I can't remember what you say. <laughs> yeah. I think that this is something that is uncomfortable to look back on with sex in the city. And I know that every show has its flaws, especially like, you know, it was a different time. But to watch these four women be quite elitist is uncomfortable yeah. for, for me. And I think for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And I was also thinking about yesterday uh, after I watched it, have so far on the show, have they been with any people of color yet? Uh, not yet. It happens. I think in the I, next three, I think you get to the, the with one. Miranda ends up being with somebody but I was just thinking about that, that I don't think that they've had a single one. No. Do you think of one, Jax? I can't. No. And like Megan said, that's the one, I mean, cause he was so hot. No one's ever going to forget that, uh, <laughs> with Miranda, but, um, not only, yeah, n- no people of color. And then Steve is like a blue collar guy. And that was its own sort of whole thing. That was an issue for them. And frankly still is. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of uncomfortability around that and about getting your investment banker, about getting this guy who's rich or, and a lot about status too, which I guess there is a lot of that in New York, but I also, and everywhere, I guess, but I just think that it was not handled with a lot of sensitivity. Yeah. So Charlotte says that we like firemen because women want to be rescued and then Miranda says, oh no, it's the, they have the good guy look about them. And I, I think that that is true. 
And I think that I don't think only women want to be rescued. I think everybody wants to be rescued. Life is hard and you want somebody that will help make your life easier and will, you know, that will make you a meal when you're tired, you know, when you're at least that's the kind of thing that I, I think about as far as being rescued. I mean, my, my sister, and I used to have a joke that, you know, the only reason is to get married is to have somebody to shovel your snow when, when you're tired in the morning and, and to open jars that are to open. Obviously that's not true, but, but there is or something the spider. There is some, yeah, yeah. There's something appealing about having a partner who can take some of the burden off of your life. And I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be quote unquote rescued. Uh, I don't think that makes you not a feminist because you want somebody who will, who will help you in your life. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Megan, about that? I agree. I think actually a lot of guys do, they want to be saved in a certain way too. Like they want a woman who will do the laundry or whatever, help out around the house. Like you kind of, yeah, I think everybody wants to be saved a little bit. You agree, Jax? Yeah. And I think about all throughout different times in my life, the ways that I've been saved, sometimes it's been a relationship like a romantic relationship, sometimes it's my family. But I remember, after, you know, after I went through this, um, it, it was not a bad breakup, but it was a long-term relationship. We broke up. And right after that, I booked an acting job out of town. And I remember telling the director, I was like, this job saved me. Like that job rescued me from being in a really bad place. Uh, I love New York, but things, I was so sad. I needed a shift in my routine. And that job rescued me for a little while. And I think lots of things, if you let them in, can help you and rescue you. And I think that it's, it's strange that we're reluctant to, it's almost like we want to take credit for doing everything ourselves, but we're also connected. You that's impossible. Like you can't move through life without other people. Yeah. It's like, we don't want to admit that we need other people, but of course we do. Of course we do. I don't know. I mean, then you have, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say that I think COVID and being, um, you know, in lockdown made people realize how much you do need other people. (laughs) Like we are, you know, social creatures and we need other people. Yeah. Well, then you also have, so Charlotte ends up meeting this guy named Arthur, who at first she thinks is really great because she, he gets into a fight with uh with a guy so he thinks oh she thinks oh this is my white knight but it turns out he's just like a super fighter guy <laughs> like he's like the white knight changed turns into the white nightmare <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry but i think immediately out of the gate i was like well that's toxic masculinity there if you would punch someone and it's not as if yes this dude at the first bar because obviously the second place at the restaurant, it's a red flag. She gets it, whatever. But even at the first one, it's like, yeah, he was kind of annoying her. Maybe if he would have stepped in and said, you know, this is disrespectful. Okay. Maybe, but the fact that it got physical, I would be, I would be terrified. Not only because I don't want him starting fights with other people, but that shows that he has that violence in him. And I would be afraid for my own safety. Mm -hmm. 
We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. The Sweet Life by bestselling author Suzanne Woods Fisher is the perfect read to get you ready for the summer season. Jilted by her fiancé, Dawn Dixon escapes to beautiful Cape Cod on a groomless honeymoon with her mother. But she didn't expect her mother to risk everything, on a whim, to move there permanently or buy a rundown ice cream shop in need of repair. In order to make their new life work, they'll also need her ex's help so things get messy. Find out more at SuzanneWoodsFisher.com or use the affiliated link below. That's SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. Charlotte says, I want a nice, sweet, handsome, funny, great guy who doesn't say things like sweet lips. And <laughs> I mean, it is kind of cute when you think of who she ends up with Harry. I'm like, yeah, he's not saying sweet lips. No, <laughs> she, she got it. But... <laughs> I mean, I, I do think sometimes we hold our, ourselves up to these, I mean, we, we, we have these guys that we, these white knights that we want, but it's like, are we all of those things necessarily? Like what? <laughs> I mean, I guess Charlotte is pretty great, <laughs> but she is nice, sweet, handsome, funny. <laughs> yeah. But still, I don't know. It's just, I feel like you're setting yourself up for disappointment yeah I think that's why I love the Charlotte arc <clears throat> excuse me so much it's because she thinks she gets she gets everything she wants when she meets Trey and then it turns out like it's not everything it's not all about the looks it's not all about the money it's not you know it's about the person inside and I think she has to go through you know what she goes through in this season to get to the point where she can be with someone like Harry who you know she loves for you know inside and out Mm-hmm. yeah and then we have samantha at the firehouse i guess she's always had this fantasy which i'm surprised it's taken her this long to, to interact and she goes over to the firehouse and she thinks she's like surprised that they're all watching tell watching sports i'm like do you know men at all like what <laughs> of course they're watching sports like i would be what else would she be expecting <laughs> And, and I don't know what she was actually expecting to happen. Yeah. Like all of their, like, I'm, I'm assuming she was just expecting some strong flirtation and a lot of attention. I'm, but I mean, if she wanted to go past that, I'm like, how would play the tape forward on that? No judgment to anyone who wants to do that. But I don't think that all of their buddies would want to be, you know, all involved in some sort of sexual escapade 15 yeah, firefighters yeah. and samantha yeah did she and realize they're at work like yeah, <laughs> it's their job their, work, their place of work like, like showing up someone's the office and let like, yeah exactly what was she but when yeah. she does her when she's wearing the boots and the things are covering her um it's just so it's like so over the top like ridiculous it's so funny like hot though like I'm like good lord (laughs) her body is amazing like yeah I can't it just it blows my mind all of them actually they're all so beautiful yeah she should be in the the calendar (laughs) yeah I would much rather look at any of our core four than really any dude (laughs) sorry it's true they say that I, at one point that women in their thirties are never supposed to say they are terrified. 
which I thought was interesting, you know, that, uh, that they're supposed to kind of have the answers that women in their twenties are, are, uh, <laughs> very, uh, free, free reign, I guess. And I don't know. I, I think that the older I get, cause I I'm 41, the older I get, the more I realize that I'm not that different than I was when I, cause I think I thought that by the time I was certainly by the time I was 30, by the time I was 40, I'd have it all kind of figured out, but I feel like I'm exactly the same. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm that much smarter than when I was 20. I, I mean, I, this year will be my 20th. I just passed my 20th anniversary from graduating from college, my bachelor's, which is blows my mind and i don't know i just it feels like it was it just happened <laughs> i could have possibly been 20 years have gone by i don't know so i think that we sometimes have this idea that we're gonna become this different person but we're not we're still the same person you hopefully gain a little wisdom along the way but you're still fundamentally you yeah it's funny i remember being little and i've always like had anxiety about the people that i love and something bad happening to them and everything and I remember thinking, well, I hope that my family stays safe and healthy. And then when I'm older and eventually have to deal with like grief and things like that, like I'll be, it'll still be hard, but I'll be an adult and better equipped to handle it. And I increasingly, the older I get <laughs> and more of a basket case and more worried about my family. I'm like, no, I'm not, you don't come to like a woo of, you know, peak, you know, realization or self-actualization or at least I haven't yet yeah, I'm, I'm no, working no. on it but. and I used to think it was so lame women that would say oh I'm 29 forever or whatever but I kind of get it now because you don't feel different you feel the same yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what you think about that Megan I completely agree like sometimes I'm like I'm an adult I have children <laughs> like it's like, you, you're like, what? Like, I, I still feel, sometimes I still feel, yeah. Like, it's like, you just, when do you wake up and feel like, okay, now I'm an adult. Like yeah. <laughs> you never, I don't feel like you never really feel that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we joked about that before about when do you turn out? When have you turned out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Still, yeah. I feel like, I, I don't know if I turned out, I, I guess you must have, by the time you're 41, you must've turned out, but it's still up in the air if it's if it's for the best or not. I don't know. I have to ask my mom. It turned out great. <laughs> Bring my mom on. Yes. If you've turned out, it's great. Or for so. <laughs> uh, so this is, I think, the first time that we've gotten a a, a shoe designer name drop, right? I, I can't remember. I mean, she said she loved her shoes. She talked about shoes. We had Charlotte getting the, the shoe, uh, the shoe uh, guy. Um, but the, she talks about Jimmy Choo's in specific in this episode. Yeah. And I know later on in the series, she mentions, please correct me on how to say this, you two. Um, Man- Nola Blancs. Well, yes, they, they mentioned that in, uh, I think in the next episode, I believe, or in the third. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in the next episode, I think she mentions Manola Blonics. And I wonder if that was a thing that, like, before it was this whole thing of like shoes. And then, and 
And also, if it's a chicken or the egg scenario that these designers have become so wildly popular, largely due to Sex in the City, or if they were already so much um, so popular that they had to put it in as a reflection of the culture at the time. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I mean, and also we have Carrie with one of her furs and her fur coats in this episode. And it's just crazy to me that something like that could so fundamentally change in the time that the, since the show aired, I mean, you would never see a character like her in a fur now, never. Yeah. No way. (laughs) Never happen. Well, and, and you, we've talked about this before in other episodes, but Rachel, like you, you pointed out that the same with the smoking. So like watching a character like Carrie now wearing a fur coat, walking down the street and smoking. Yes. Never would happen in a show like this now. Right. It it does feel like more, it makes her feel more like more of a train wreck kind of thing because it's just so not part of culture where I think in the time it probably seemed more fashionable mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah because those were not cheap those furs I mean it's thousands of dollars uh but uh but she ends up making out with Bill in the coat room which I thought was pretty hot <laughs> that's pretty good I was okay with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and then she misses the fairy but then he comes takes her home which I thought was kind of like I thought it was stupid of Carrie to try to make the ferry anyway. Why didn't she just get a ride from him to begin with? Again, you, it's not, you're not a weaker person because you could have someone take you home. I mean, yeah, I think it was ride. just all so she could lose her shoe and, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Cinderella. Right, totally. Uh, but yeah, I think this was a pretty, pretty good episode. I would give it a, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. What do you think, Jax? I would too. And I thought that um, the so well written with the theme of rescuing with the firemen and then rescuing with the fairy tale and it interwoven, I just thought that it was a, a really, again, like this is why this show is so iconic is because they make an entertaining show that is really thought provoking and of the time. So yeah, I think that this one is definitely peak sex in the city i'd give it a nine too what do you think megan i would give it a nine as well okay good all right so then we have episode two and it's called politically erect and in this episode you have uh carrie shares her bed and his campaign for city treasure with bill kelly for weeks and sam has a short lover so in this episode yeah you have uh carrie dating bill and uh she says uh to be a uh to be dating a politician she needs to dress the part and so she wears the vintage halston (laughs) which is good i really like the fashion in this her particularly the pink dress with the with the red rose on it i thought that was really good so maybe i like vintage halston (laughs) yeah (laughs) she looks so good in this episode i love her hair it's like kind of like they straightened it and then they curled it it just mm-hmm. looks so good and she, yeah she does look she looks like a politician's wife in that opening scene mm-hmm. yes 
Megan, I thought the same thing with that hair that they, because yeah. we've seen her, of course, curly carry, and then we've seen right. super straight, but the straightening and then curling. And Rachel, I mean, obviously we've been doing this for a hot minute, so we're very in sync, but I wrote in my notes, Rachel's going to love the fashion in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, because we've been having a rough go of it. Yeah. So I was really yeah. excited. It was really good in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so once more, we get Samantha being a snob. I, I would think that she would be open to a short guy. And they were acting like this guy was like the, like a little person. He was not even actually a little person. They were calling him a midget, which is an offensive term, but they were calling him that he wasn't even a little person, like a person with dwarfism. And this, this makes me so angry. I mean, and look, there's lots of things that women have to contend with that we can get into at another time. And, you know, we, we live in a patriarchal society, all this stuff. But I do really feel for short men, I love my short kings. I have yeah. dated, I'm only 5'5", five five and I've dated, I dated a guy for a while who was 5'2", 5'2", 5'3". He was a magician and very good at giving massages. And I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. I've dated tall guys too, but like, I don't, um, it, I don't know. It really gets under my skin. Yes. You're attracted to who you're attracted to. And it's yeah. fine if you're not attracted to someone like that, but don't, um, crap all over short guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I would especially expect somebody like Samantha to be up for it you know, to be game for, for all different types. And, uh, especially when he is so confident, I would think that would be really attractive to her. And, and it's particularly strange when it just seems like she has so many things that she's like, Nope, not going to do that. I'm not going to be with somebody who's small. I'm not going to be with somebody who's big. I'm not going to be with somebody who's old. I'm not going to be with somebody who's basically the only people that she will be with is people who are con conventionally attractive. That's it. Yeah. And men, it doesn't seem like she so far, at least she hasn't expressed any interest in women. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, it's just like the list is getting longer of all the stuff that, that Samantha has issues with. Yeah. She's very superficial, mm -hmm. which uh, is a yeah. bummer. Yeah, it does feel dated. Like that feels really, really dated and very uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Especially when they're the three of them are all talking about it and Charlotte's like, anything under five foot is unacceptable. And it's like, oh my gosh, like it's just it's yeah. It's and this guy was not under five feet. No, and he was cute. Yeah. Like I said, he wasn't even actually a little person which one of my best friends is a little person and she's amazing. And I mean, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have any problem going out with a little person. As long as, I mean, I just feel like what makes somebody attractive is so much more than, than just, just physical appearance. Sure. There are things that I'm more in like instinctively drawn to than other things. But that, I feel like that goes away pretty quick. And what really attracts me is somebody's smile, somebody's personality, their sense of humor, uh, their confidence, uh, all of those things. 
are actually things I'm attracted to. Whereas the other stuff, yes, I'm attracted to those things, but they don't really matter. If that makes sense. No, completely. And that's, that's why this was even like, to be honest, I'm not at all attracted to this guy's personality. He's a little too like New York a-hole for me, but that's what Sam's attracted to. (laughs) So like it should work. Yeah. And who cares where he buys his clothing? She's very upset because he has Bloomingdale boys clothing. And I, I don't know. That's just stupid. Also, it is cheaper. Like you bet that like I'm going to buy an XXXL kid's shirt if it's available because it's usually like $6 cheaper if right. it's a t-shirt and yeah. I'll get the biggest size they have and try and squeeze my way into it to save a buck. <laughs> Yeah, I would if, if I, obviously I can't fit into to that, but like, if I could, sure. Why not? You're wrong with yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about this, Megan? Yeah, I think, oh, about dressing in the kids yeah. clothes. Like totally did that in, in college. Like we would mm-hmm. go to the Abercrombie kids. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it anymore, but yeah. I did it. Yeah. I, I have no problem with it. I don't really get it. I think it's Again, I think she's just being very superficial and, you know, looks change. Like if you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life, you're not always going to look the same that you did when you first got together. So that's why like being so superficial, I mean, no, Samantha's not really looking for a long-term relationship, but it's just all the girls are kind of superficial and it's like, you're not always going to look the same. Like your looks change as you get older. Um, and that's why you love the person for them inside, not outside. Yeah. Well, and so then Samantha also says the country runs better with a good looking president in the office. And I mean, I, I guess, I mean, she uses Nixon as an example as a not good looking president, but the thing about Nixon actually is Watergate aside, the country was actually running pretty well. I mean, not that we get into politics or whatever, but like, I mean, there was, there was Vietnam War and some other things that weren't, weren't going well, but there were a lot of things that, that were going well, like during that, during that period. And (laughs) I mean, and then you have, I don't think that Gerald Ford is, is like way more attractive than Nixon and things were still running well. And then you got Jimmy Carter. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like there's been a big difference between the not as conventionally good looking presidents and the conventionally good looking presidents. I feel like there's ups and downs in every presidency. There's things happening. There's wars happening. There's things. <laughs> and well, so, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Women, like, like these women have no idea <laughs> what's going on politically. So I don't think they can speak to that. It's like, Carrie has never voted in New York, which was surprising. I was shocked and hadn't remembered this. And as someone who seems like such a New York staple character, she loves New York. She's passionate about the city. I think it's important to vote. Um, I understand if people don't want to, but I think that, again, this is another one of those things that would have changed now. Carrie would absolutely be voting. Yeah, yeah, that did feel dated. Like, yeah, it's like, I thought it was so weird that she didn't vote. And I also thought that that conversation, like, it's funny when they're talking about it, 
but I want, I thought like if they were talking about women politicians this way, this would be like really bad. Like I would be very offended if they were talking about women politicians. True. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I guess it's because with the guys, it was kind of a funny conversation, but if you, if you reversed it, if you reversed the gender, it would be not good. Right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> not it's funny true. at all. Yeah. And uh, I did absolutely die though with Stanford. <laughs> he says that he has tickets to the vagina monologues just because I don't eat at the restaurants doesn't mean I can't hear the specials. <laughs> One of the best lines in the whole series. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was really good. <laughs> uh, and what do you think of this idea of Charlotte's of the bringing a guy you're no longer interested in party? That was crazy. Like who would do that? <laughs> like you would be so offended. You, I mean, and like who wants to hang out with their ex-boyfriend and watch them date other women? Like that's weird. <laughs> it's like, it's okay, so what I, not a thing. <laughs> what I will say is that I think the concept of it, I agree, Megan, straight up offensive. But something that I've done with guys that I've only been on a few dates with that like didn't really like me that way and I didn't really like them. I think I've done probably at least 10 setups getting people together with, because I'm like, oh, and then when I tell my friend, because I think sometimes when you're trying to set someone up and it's like, oh, I have this guy. It's like, well, why don't, why didn't you date him? Or why don't you like him? I'm like, I did. He's great. He just didn't really like me. I didn't really like him like that. So I actually think that my friends have been more inclined to go out with guys that I actually went on a few dates with because then they know it's not just like, Oh, he's good enough for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think well, that we've been vetted. Well, yeah, exactly. You sort of screen the person, but I yes. think the only way this kind of party would work is if the person that you were bringing knew that's why you were bringing them. One hundred percent. Which didn't seem to be the case. Only one that didn't know, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Sam didn't tell her her guy, which is really rude. <laughs> really rude, and. But I did like that he was, he was confident. Like he didn't take it uh, with, he, he wasn't nervous or shy or whatever. He was just like, no, that's not true. You're wrong. <laughs> I liked, I liked that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So we also have Bill telling Carrie that he likes it when women pee on him in the shower, which is very strange. <laughs> Agreed. I've never heard of this. I mean, no, yeah, I would not be okay with it. But Carrie is really funny. Like she's like so, like she's a sex columnist. You think she'd be a little bit more, but uh-huh. it was really funny when she was talking about drizzling the tea, the hot tea on him. <laughs> I feel I like that's a pretty good compromise. To- yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, I mean, and but it does bring to mind that. It, it would be pretty nerve wracking dating Carrie. Cause you're going to end up in our column, especially yeah. a politician would be, I think nervous about this. Yeah. It's weird that he didn't think about it before. It's like, you know what she does? Like, yeah. And yeah. even not using her, even if she doesn't use his name, she's going to all these events with him. So people would know that yeah. she was dating him. It would be pretty obvious who she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is really tricky with like Carrie's job because yeah, you're exactly right, Megan. Like we all know that everyone knows that who she's dating guys. I have a hot take 
on the peeing in the shower thing. I'm not into it sexually. No one's ever asked me to do it either. I don't really think it's that weird. And if someone did ask me, I don't mean someone, if my fiance asked me to do it, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. I mean, I just, I am a pretty accommodating person. And look, I would never do anything that would endanger someone or like compromise my morals or whatever. But I, I didn't think that this was that wild or even that deviant especially that it was in the shower and he wasn't asking to poop on her which would be gross it was like it's pee yeah, it's fine. i pee in the shower myself so whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things we talk about on this show right <laughs> i don't know it feels a little gross to me but i i i mean the where do you draw the line i mean you're exchanging bodily fluids so i guess you know what is <laughs> I w- the poo I wouldn't do. No, that's <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, no, no number two. No, yeah, no number two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I think she probably should have just said no right away. Just been like, that's I'm not into that. And then you you know you move on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think that she. I do think it's upsetting that she wrote about it. Like I I don't know. I just think that. Yeah. I mean, this is like a a larger conversation, but like. I don't know. I think that you can still share your life and your stories without drastically compromising what could be very uncomfortable for other people who are a part of your story. And I think that she didn't yeah. need to reveal that. In like I'd be nervous to be Carrie's friend, frankly, mm-hmm. because your, your stories can end up in, in her column somehow. That would be, that would be scary. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, we also get to see Elizabeth Banks. Oh, at, yeah. Yeah, the party. So that was kind of fun a cameo uh, from her. And uh, we also have Steve telling Miranda that she he wants to be exclusive. And she she's just, you know, she's just frustrating as a character. I don't know. I feel like her expectations aren't reasonable. For, she, for what like does she want to be in a relationship because it seems like she does but she wants to be completely independent too at the same time yeah I think not only are her expectations unreasonable they're also unclear which yeah. is even more frustrating it's like okay not only do you have a bar that seems really high what we do know there's also these other unwritten rules that we don't even know what they are yeah. And so she makes a pros and cons list, uh, of, uh, Steve. And at the end, when she said that him loving her is the biggest pro that was cute. Yeah. I just, when she said she didn't want to be with him because he was, you know, the only option, I was like, he's a great guy and he likes you and you have fun with him. And like, yeah. I just don't, yeah, I just don't get it. It's like, and I don't think being exclusive is that, um, that big of a deal. Like, it's not like she's, you know, I mean, it's not like he's asking her to move in or to marry or like yeah. any like big commitment. It's just don't sleep with other people. You can't do that. Miranda, come on. She hates <laughs> dating. She hated yeah. dating. So why would she even want, like, I would think she would be like, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> I 
literally all he's asking you is to not sleep with other people and you can't do that like come on Miranda well I don't know this episode isn't my favorite I would give it a seven uh what about you uh Jax I give it a tinge higher just because um I really, I'm so, I'm glad that we still have John Slattery in this episode, but I would not much higher. I would just give it like a seven, five, 7.5. What about you, Megan? I agree. I agree. I would do 7.5. Okay. Our last episode we're talking about today is, it is episode three, Attack of the Five Foot Ten Woman. Charlie gets depressed just by reading all women in the New York Times Sunday edition wedding announcements are younger than our quartet, but stumbles on Carrie's nightmare, Mr. Big's marriage to Natasha. Her answer is to spend a fortune in order to outshine the bride-to-be. Miranda's new cleaning lady, Magda, makes her feel guilty uh, not uh, for not being more of a housewife and for having sex toys while Charlotte feels nasty, just being naked in an all female health spa. Samantha books an extra massage when told Kevin also gets intimate, but ends up being thrown out for taking the initiative. So yes. <laughs> what did you think of overall of this episode? Uh, Jax. Um, I like this one, but there are things in it that I'm not a huge fan of the of the plot line and what it says. Like, I love that at the end, Charlotte comes to the realization that she's okay the way she is, but like having a very conventionally thin woman talk about her thighs in that way, I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. And I know it's something that we have to talk about and about diet culture. And it doesn't matter what size you are. People are not confident about their bodies and their looks, but it's not, that's not my favorite plot line. I also, I like Natasha and I don't like when people aren't very nice to her. And so, yeah, I think there's just some, there's just some cringeworthy things of women doing these things to each other and to themselves that I don't make me entirely comfortable in this episode. Yeah. This is not my favorite. I don't love the fact that we have this weird, uh, thing with Kevin, the masseuse, because I, I feel like <laughs> it's it, the people need to be able to do their jobs without this kind of stereotype of, uh, that, I mean, they're providing a health service. They're not, this is not a, you know, sexy thing. It shouldn't be, uh, the, uh, the masseuses of the world. I, I don't know that kind of annoyed me. And then, uh, this is where we get the Manola Blahniks, this, uh, the name drop, I think for the first time in this episode. Uh, but I, I thought the whole thing with, with Magda, uh, I don't know. She wasn't my favorite, uh, more with Magda and, uh, and I agree that with the end, them saying that Natasha is an idiot because she uses there instead of the T H I R instead of T H E R E. I, I don't know. I feel like that's a little, little harsh. Say Again, she's an Carrie, idiot. Carrie should be mad at big, not at Natasha. Like Natasha didn't do anything like, right. They weren't together when, you know, she started dating when Natasha started dating big Carrie and big were not together. So like, this is not Natasha's fault that, and it's not her fault that Mary, that 
excuse me, Big didn't want to marry Carrie, but he wanted to marry her. Like that's not her fault, you know? Yeah. Although I will say there are some, even though like the plot lines in these aren't my days, there's some great one-liners. Like when yeah. Carrie talks about how she had seen Natasha first in the cowboy hat and then naked. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, Annie, get your clothes on. I just laugh so hard. Like I probably laugh for 30 seconds out loud, which is very rare for me when I'm watching a, like a TV show. I'll do it if I go to the theater, but I, I just thought I had some great one-liners in this. Well, yeah. And it's, it's such a flashback to have this whole thing with the New York's, uh, the NYC New York Times wedding section, because you think about how much worse this all is now with like they had mm-hmm. once a week on Sundays you hear or got to see everybody's business now it's all the time everywhere on social media you see everybody's wedding pictures and everybody so if you're feeling bad about yourself oh my gosh forget it now <laughs> yeah it's so much worse now I was thinking that too like she wouldn't they wouldn't be reading the paper they'd be scrolling through their Instagram and they would see you know the posts and mm-hmm. gosh yeah it's so much worse yeah, there was all. It was also interesting when she says that in the announcement that she doesn't hear, don't hear big anywhere in the article until the the their song was when a man loves a woman. And he's like, oh, that's big, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I'm like, this is a person that you're supposed to be super super attracted to and 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 uh, cut up over, but you readily admit that like somewhat chauvinistic song selection oh that's him that's him what that's weird i don't know that might be a clue there carrie i didn't even think of it like that but you hit that you know yeah that's exactly right yeah um i don't know what did you all think of the whole cleaning lady with magda with did you think that was funny or was it just kind of cringe it was kind of cringe. Although yeah. I do love Magda, the character, like she becomes such a big part of Miranda's life later on, you know, mm-hmm. she like basically becomes the nanny. Um, so I do love her as a character, but um, this was kind of, yeah. I mean, I just don't think anyone, a cleaning lady would really do that, would remove things and then put something else. Like, it, yeah, it was just a little cringe. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a good line though. And when she gets the rolling pin and she asked, and Miranda asked Carrie, do you have a rolling pin? And she's like, I use my oven for storage. Yeah. <laughs> Which totally on brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this plot line's a little weird too, because yes, obviously Magda is like overstepping her boundaries, but also I think Miranda's kind of rude to her when it's, when she's saying like, you do this. This is your job. It just feels like, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah like yeah. there's lots of things in there that feel, and you have to know that if you're having someone in your home to like clean, organize, care for your kids, cook for you in your home, whatever it is, like you are inviting them into your space and then that's their workplace. And then yes, they have to respect your boundaries, but they also, because it's their workplace have a certain ownership in that space yeah i agree we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast 
Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. So basically the problem is, is that Carrie and Natasha are in each other's social circles uh, because of this uh, luncheon, this women's organization, whatever it was called. And, and so, you know, then that's going to create conflict. And, uh, and then also uh, they, they come into contact with each other dress shopping. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I did think it was pretty good fashion though. This episode, uh, Carrie with the red dress and, and then, uh, Samantha had on a, um, black and white, uh, top with a white jacket that I thought was nice looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did kind of laugh when she asked, is, is there a new zone book? Because, my dad is not somebody who follows fads. He, he's not a trendy guy at all, except for when it comes to whatever is the popular diet of the moment, especially in the nineties. When currently, I don't think he does it as much now, but he was always, he'd get super pumped about like, oh, I'm, uh, one minute he's only eating potatoes and the next minute he's eating only red meat. And then the next minute he's whatever is the, the, the trendy diet at the moment. And one of the ones he loved was the zone. The zone was, he was big into the zone, <laughs> which is basically a, a, a low carb diet. It's a meat heavy, low carb diet is the zone. But, uh, that anyway, it made me laugh. I was like, oh, that's the nineties. <laughs> that was so nineties. Yeah. The zone. <laughs> and, uh, so Charlotte, I thought it was interesting, this dynamic because Charlotte on one hand is encouraging Carrie to be strong and then Carrie's encouraging Charlotte but then both of them feel bad about themselves it's like it's easy to encourage the other person like you're amazing you look great but then to to feel bad about yourself I don't know I thought that was interesting that both of them in their own way did that yeah yeah what do you think Megan yeah it's like that saying like uh, you know you want to, you can, it's easier to give someone else a compliment than it is to give yourself a compliment sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, as women, we're really hard on ourselves. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is hard to watch because they are such attractive women. (laughs) So it's like, I also wonder, I think, so when they're writing these scripts, do they like ask the actresses, like, what are you insecure about? Or do they just pick something? Cause like, what if you had never thought about like your nose or your thighs and then you get the script that's like, it's, it's weird because it's like, yeah. they are actresses but they're also real people. These are their actual bodies. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does yeah. that work? Like I would, yeah, that would be hard to be an actress in that way, I think. Yeah, I mean, they clearly have very uh, lenient uh, nudity clauses in these women's contracts that uh, that they sign. But 
but yeah, that is kind of interesting that when it particularly focuses on one, uh, with one aspect of their bodies, you know, you wonder, like, I always think it's funny too. Like I'm an actor and like, sometimes when I get like submitted for something or I see a breakdown or like, like when my manager would send it, it's like cute, but not pretty. And you're like, (laughs) you're like, Oh, like I'm fine being uh, like, it's not even offensive. It's just like, oh, that's how like someone sees me for this particular thing. And I just think it's so funny how breakdowns are written. They're getting away from that a little more now, but I just, I've always thought it was funny when I come across things, you know, that you're like, oh, okay. Like, especially when it's physical, because all the stuff that makes up, um, you know, a character, obviously you can play that as an actor, but anything physical and you're like, oh, so that's how someone else sees me. That's good to know. Yeah, it, that would be, that would be interesting. What does that mean? Cute, but not good. Uh, but I, yeah, the whole thing with Kevin, I mean, I feel bad for anybody who, for any man that goes, tries to become a masseuse because it's a tough thing because men, tend to not feel comfortable with a man touching their body and a lot of men at least and then women tend to want women and uh, and so I feel like it's just a tough situation whereas like they really are just providing a health service it's not sexual it shouldn't be sexual he should have gotten fired for doing this absolutely uh, and, uh, and, but then all the other, the women are all upset and everything. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you on all those points. My only like question of, of the episode was like, wait, so he really, he really was, he was going down on a lot of them and then actually having intercourse with at least one that we know of. What about Samantha? Was he like, no, right. <laughs> exactly. That's true. <laughs> And like, how does that even start? Like, did he like ask the woman if like, how, how do you go from, yeah, getting a massage to that? I don't get it. Like, and I've never, I have heard of it as a thing for like men, but I've never heard it as a thing for women. Like, I mean, I don't even think I want that. No, you would, and that's why you should get fired if you do that kind of thing. Like that's, I don't know, not appropriate. <laughs> it's a health service. It's not, uh, it's not a, um, you're not like hiring an escort when you get a massage. (laughs) Yeah. That, and that's why I think this is like so wildly uncomfortable too, because obviously there are people, many people have different views about sex work, but no matter what you think about it, like if that's what you know, what you're getting, that's the service that's being provided rather than this gray area where you have to like do a little dance it's like no like let's keep it separate so everyone knows what they are getting into yeah I mean I've gotten massages it's been a little while uh but uh but I have some sometimes have lower back pain and so it's incredibly helpful uh in with that in that regard but uh but luckily I have a a really good friend who uh is a massage therapist so I could just go to her (laughs) And you know, there's nothing like untoward. It's funny because one time my fiance, I have a friend who's a massage therapist. I bought him a massage with her and uh, I wasn't there for it because I was like, it's 
not that it's it's not sexual but it's an intimate thing so he was telling me about it after he's like she's amazing she's awesome he's like something weird happened though because he was trying no <laughs> Megan's like oh no um <laughs> he had put on a playlist to like just have on thinking you know like you don't want silence uh, yeah so it's all these songs he likes from postmodern jukebox it's you know they're a great band they do a bunch of covers then all of a sudden the song like if you want it just do it right in my pony the cover of it yeah yeah he's just like and he didn't know what to do he's like i'm there and she's giving me a massage is it more awkward if I acknowledge the fact that this is weird or if I don't? And he said he went with not because he was just like prayed for it to be over. So afterwards he was like, I need to make sure I actually curate the playlist for next time. That is really funny. Oh, and usually it's like Edna or something like that, you know, whatever that comes yeah. to women. Uh, one time when I... I got a massage. It was right after I had done a race and I thought it was going to be a good idea because I'm really tense, you know, after, after doing a race, uh, but it was too soon, I guess I should have waited a little bit longer because my back seized up. I could not move. I was, <laughs> I was paralyzed there on the thing. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I can't move. Rachel, how did you like get off the, the <laughs> table or like so you- it, it was a process it took me a while and I just inch by inch by inch I mean it was so painful and, and luckily I was there at my gym where they had a hot tub so I was able to scoot it over to and get in the hot tub to finally loosen that thing but I was like I cannot oh. move off this table <laughs> terrible yeah so don't after you do a race don't get a massage a bad idea. <laughs> oh. That's a good PSA because I would think it would be exactly what you should do after a race. So yeah. thank you for <laughs> uh so there we go. This I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we didn't cover on this one. I think we pretty much covered everything. I love uh, the part when um Charlotte was running like and the music I thought that was really funny oh yeah oh yeah I thought that was funny (laughs) that was good uh I would give uh, this one an eight I think it's in the middle what do you think uh, Jax yeah I would also give this one an eight I like the first one the most second one the least and this one right in the middle so yeah 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 I agree an eight I think they're finally, the season three is like when they really start to like know what the show is. There's no more talking to the camera or random, Mm -hmm. like um, interviewing strangers, like that stops. And it's just like, it's season three. I feel like it's kind of, it's like classic sex in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast to have you. We'll definitely have you back. Uh, But if people want to follow you on socials or whatever, how can they do that? Um, I don't even know what my social <laughs> handle is. <laughs> I'm not really a good Instagrammer or Twitter. So, you know. It's... Well, we'll have it in the description nonetheless. Okay, okay. So you should all follow me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Jax, how do people follow you? At Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. 
And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also check out the City Girl, City Girl Pod on Twitter. Whenever I see like a Watch Mojo or something like that thing on Sex and City, I always try to post it over there on City Girls Pod. So we, we anything I see on Sex and the City, I put uh, put over there. So uh, it's fun. You definitely want to follow that Twitter and make sure you're following Hallmarkies Pod at Hallmarkies Podcast and Hallmarkies Pod all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your five-star reviews. We really, really, really appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the merch store. And if you, Jack, you want to show off that mug. I sure. Oh, and my shirt. Ah, it looks so, so cute. cute. Ah, you can all get one of your own and you should. It's really fun. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my artist, Jessica Miller, she's awesome. And she did a great job and you can check all that out. And the patron group is super fun too. Uh, you should check that out. And thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.